Hello and welcome to the Sunny Point Investing Podcast. It's been a while and we have lived together through 2020. If you're listening to this, we have lived together through 2020. For all that the year has brought us or did bring us, I actually had a great year in the market and so did a lot of us. It almost feels guilty to say that how good a year we had, but most of us had in terms of investing in the stocks because markets bottomed and turned back and never looked back again and made new highs. And for me, it was personally one of the best years in terms of portfolio returns. Again, it almost feels guilty so say this, but if you stuck through this, congratulations. Today's episode will focus on the 2021 model portfolio. So we will um, discuss and walk through my pick for my picks for 2021 and what I published as a blog about two weeks back on December 31, I think, was on 3rd of January, sorry, was about a um, 2021 ETF, right? The Sunny Point 2021 ETF, it's a hypothetical ETF which has and holds 10 companies which you can divide one-tenth amongst them and keep holding. And as the year goes, we will hopefully see how this performs and hopefully it will beat the markets. So just one note on 2020 before we move on to this one is um, just the faith that we should not be scared out of the markets. And I'm not saying I bet the farm in March of 2020, but I did substantially erode my cash and went back into buying slightly higher quality assets than I otherwise would have. So that all helped a lot. And, you know, whatever the times bring us, of course, keep the capital aside that you need for any and all reasons. And of course, if there is a pandemic, you need a little bit more with taking care of your health, building some reserve, and also, you know, factoring in the instability all around. But if you've stuck through it, keep doing so. And today, Let's now discuss the 2021 portfolio. Okay, <laughs> there is no music, there is no producer. I just uh, produced this myself. So here we go. Let's discuss the 10 holdings. Uh, the blog, if you want to read it in detail, is sunnygoklani.com is the website on which you can see a tab for blog and then Brave Bull updates. And then you can find the blog which says the 2021 ETF, 10 stocks for 2021. It can also be accessed. The direct link to the blog is bit.ly slash SPETF2021. Bit.ly slash SP2021 ETF, sorry. So that's the link if you want to check it out. Now let's discuss and walk through how I picked the 10 companies. The list reads one, Bristol Myers, second, Merck, third, Regeneron, fourth, Alibaba, fifth, Amazon, sixth, Lowe's, seventh, Salesforce, eighth, the ETF named Cure, C-U-R-E, ticker symbol, ninth, Social Capital, HH, sixth, which is IPOF, and tenth is Altimeter Growth Capital, A-G-C-U-U. Now, let's look at the strategy. So, if you think about how I came up with this, of course, let's get the caveat out of the way, right? Um, calendar investing is just luck based on where things are and where things move. 
and secondly I have no idea what your risk tolerance is so I've tried to not go very risky and I've tried to also not go super safe because if anybody wants to follow along hopefully they'll get a mix and hopefully you know we will get some risk adjusted returns and enough to beat the benchmark if not it will at least will be decently doing at the end of the year so to get that mix right I thought of getting two value names two medium growth names at decent valuation three high growth names which have had a pullback or a consolidation which has brought them to decent valuations and three speculative bets so this is how I constructed the portfolio start with the, va um, the value plays so the value plays where is value right now of course uh, except the energy and financials I looked at one area that is really appearing to have names that has a lot of value which is biotech and pharma so the two names are Bristol Myers and Merck I did not include Abwe but if you include Abwe, Bristol Myers, Merck and Abwe are the three large cap value names that I own in my personal portfolio as well and just a note that I myself own all of the 10 so I would definitely not pitch something as a game or for just you to you know um, tag along and try for me <laughs> uh, I definitely own all of these which means I definitely have skin in the game and I want these to succeed not just for this year but more than that but for now I've picked these so the value names Bristol Myers and Squib uh, sorry, Bristol Myers Squibb and Merck. So both of them are nicely situated. Bristol Myers, let's talk about that. I was a long-time holder into Celgene that got folded into Bristol Myers. Recently, Bristol Myers did not pay Celgene um, the rights, the nine billion dollar rights, CBR rights, for the three drugs that got approval that had to get approval on a certain amount of period and time. So the lease of sale approval in December did not go through. So what did Bristol Myers do? It saved $9 billion and uh, will probably pay debt back. It increased its buyback by $2 billion. And all the data for in recent conferences have been positive. All the earnings have been positive. With all those taking into account, it still trades at less than seven times 2021 EPF, um, EPS adjusted for debt and dividend yield. So dividend yield is 3%, so it's a good dividend stock, good income stock, uh, nice growth, all favorable fundamental moves recently, but still trading at very attractive multiples. So at the start of the year, the price that we picked up that was um, 62. So the starting price is 62. Second was Merck. So Merck is slightly more expensive at... Um, nominal terms at eight eight and a half times um, 2021 EPS again adjusting for debt and dividend yield has much less debt than Bristol Myers about 10% of its market cap it also has about a 3% dividend yield so both of these value names are also income names they come with 3% dividend yields each but it does have better visibility right so it has Ketruda which has better visibility it's a growth drug and it's um, it has um, its expiry as late as 2028 that can be even further extended versus Revlimid which was the main drug that Bristol Myers acquired to Celgene will have its peak in 2024 so it makes sense for Merck to have a little bit higher multiple so both of them 
our value names, our income names are at a good valuation and I believe both of them will do good by the end of the year. If not, definitely doubling down for the next year I would say, unless the fundamentals worsen. So mark, the starting point was 81.80 at the start of the year. Then I wanted to introduce two names with um, reasonable medium growth but good valuations. So reasonable growth, reasonable valuations and those names were Regeneron and Lowe's. So Regeneron I've been owning, uh, have been owning that stock for a long time. Lynch Lifer and George Yankopoulos, I hopefully said his name right. The duo has been doing a great job. Of course in 2020 what they were famous for was getting um, the cure for COVID, the Regeneron drug which also cured the president. And yeah, they did good, but then also vaccine came in, thankfully. But for Regeneron, the people who started to get to know Regeneron because of that drug thought that that's a negative news because now the vaccines are out. So Regeneron took a hit and in terms of sentiment, and it went down from 600 to about 480. It is still about to grow 10 to 15% per year. Ilea is running strong, Dupixent is growing super fast. Um, and also, while that is going on, I think Regeneron will add about $3 billion in revenue this year, and maybe 3 to 4 in total because of this um, COVID drug. So, business is booming, the pipeline is strong, Liptio, the cancer drug, I think it's a pipe, another pipeline within a drug, and it's trading barely at 13 to 14 times for good earnings. I mean, we know it's because of the threat slash um, concerns around Ilea and competition and Depixin's competition but I believe I've been st uh, I'm I'm sticking with this name I believe it's a really good valuation so we started the year with Regeneron at 483 dollars which was 13 times forward earnings next one is Lowe's so if you look through all the picks um, once again I ended up with a lot of healthcare and tech wanted to diversify a little bit and that brings us to Lowe's uh, which is in the consumer sector in the housing sector the housing trend has been super strong in throughout 2020 housing house starts house sales everything did great house prices now if you have such a boom in housing which is even continuing in 2021 I believe people will continue to work on them enhance them um, buy different things fix up different things you know so if they're not buying, they'll fix up things. If they're selling, they will, you know, prop them up. Or if they're moving in, they'll do upgrades. So Lowe's and Home Depot both stay really good. Lowe's has been trailing in um, valuation terms from Home Depot. But a lot of smart people have been in Lowe's for a couple of years now, including Bill Ackman, because of the turnaround it's going through. And the way the turnaround is working, I believe the valuation, how much it's been trailing from Home Depot maybe does not really deserve that much. So at the start of the year, it was uh, trading about 17 times forward earnings, 17 to 18 times. I think that's a reasonable valuation, a fair valuation for a reasonably high growing company. Definitely got a boost in 2020. The growth rate will go down in 2021. It may be even flat or negative, but you know, the trend 
will continue um, the secular long-term trend and lows turn around so the year that we started lows we got it at 160 160 bucks I'm telling you the prices because I also have an Excel sheet uh, which is linked in the blog there is an Excel sheet for the 2021 ETF portfolio where a sample $10,000 portfolio $1,000 in each it it has it auto updates the live prices it has a starting prices and basically tells you how much that portfolio would have been worth if you started on January 1 and invested $10,000 and um, what's been the return so far what's been the return so far since the start of the year in S&P and how are we doing in terms of performance delta so that sheet is online and it's live and I updated it on my blog and Instagram and Facebook I've posted this anywhere hopefully you caught it early but now even if you didn't it's just a couple weeks now you can still join along so that's why I'm saying the prices because you will see those same prices recorded there in the sheet those were the starting prices so those were our two reasonable growth names uh, at good valuations so Lowe's and Regeneron now I wanted to add three growth names so you know typically known growth names which have predictable growth for 20 to 25 to 30 to 35 percent to 40 percent so like predictable secular growth in 20 to 30 to 40 percent range so those three names I picked were Amazon Alibaba and Salesforce so Amazon has been like again one of the beneficiaries of COVID-19 because it saw its e-retail business e-commerce business like skyrocket it also saw its um, AWS business accelerate because everybody was moving online and after all that again now people are fearful of 2021 comps being difficult so the stock has been consolidating as much as the markets have been moving last six months Alib oh, sorry Amazon has been just consolidating it was from a high of 30 3550 I think it's now pulled back to 3150 3200 that's the range it's been moving in and that just feels like a long consolidation which is something we have no problem with you know long consolidations give us enough time and patience for people to come in and buy so this is one of the good times I believe we should add with the year that we started um, Amazon was 3257 which I believe is a good starting price hopefully we will break through the range and go above it and um, the AWS business will keep doing good as well as e-commerce so that's that Alibaba now Alibaba <laughs> I've been saying since some time has been attractive but it keeps falling after like different news one after the other the news keeps hitting where is Ma Ma is missing and then the delisting related um, threats and rumors and speculations and of course the ant IPO all of them all of the news it's just like you just wake up and see a dead bullet coming at Alibaba every day and the stock falling but I think it's um, it's pretty cheap now so unless the unless the anti um, antitrust threat is real and the government needs to really interfere with the businesses in a way that the business operations get hampered I don't see any long-term effect as of right now to Alibaba's business or position or profitability so it continues to grow profit uh, revenue is at 30 to 50 percent for both the next uh, coming couple years at least the estimated forecasts are to do so 
and it still manages to trade at less than 19 times 2022 EPS. So its financial year is a bit early, so we can look at 2022 EPS less than 19 times. It's a steal. <laughs> it's a steal. Um, people who know why I laughed at that sentence um, will get something political out of it and that's why I actually left but anyway coming back to this I think it's a reasonable better than reasonable valuation a good entry point when we started the year Alibaba was at 232 232 next one the third growth name we added was Salesforce now Salesforce has been one of the stars in the market constant beat and raise beat and raise beat and raise every single quarter it keeps outperforming. It's the fastest company to reach $20 billion in sales and will continue to do so. And uh, it's on track to be, again, the fastest one to reach $25 billion in 22 and $30 billion in 23. It keeps growing at 20 to 25% rate clip and COVID has only accelerated the business. It was keeping on its movement in stock price as well till it acquired Slack and then the stock fell by about 15%. Since then, it has been languishing around 220, which is 8 times 22, 22 revenue. And I believe that this is a good, decent entry point right now with 8 times forward revenues, as in um, it's about 200 billion market cap now. So it's 8 times of 25 billion estimated in 2022. And hopefully the earnings keep outperforming and you will see the stock going back up. So at the start of 2021, the stock was at 222, 222. Okay, lastly, let's discuss the three risk names, the speculative names. So I wanted to balance it out, all the, you know, value plays and growth names, but with setbacks, so not technically strong, not very momentum-wise strong. These names can and are known to have sorry, underperforming periods versus S&P. So I wanted to add some spice. So most of you know I usually trade around in leveraged ETFs. I don't suggest people to do this right off the bat. I don't suggest people to put a lot of capital in it. But I do suggest um, if you know what you're doing to play around and create, get like outsized returns. So. Given that I do that on the side, I wanted to introduce one name, one triple leveraged ETF, and that will be Cure. Because as I said, I believe um, the sector that is not caught up with its um, uh, with the stock prices haven't really caught up to its uh, evolving and improving fundamentals has been healthcare. So Cure is basically CURE is the ticker that is three times leverage of the XLV and usually it's a lot of risk it still is a lot of risk you know one tenth of your capital being in this because I didn't want to weight it or make it super complicated I just wanted to be one by tenth but I had to pick one and given where we are where the tech and semiconductors and biotech all my favorite sectors are doing pretty well I did not go with Soxol, Tekel, Fungu, like all those leverage ETFs in those sectors. Instead, I went with Cure. Now, the biggest names in XLV, the index which it is leveraging, are the biggest names are J&J, United Health, Pfizer, Merck, Abui. All of these I would individually buy. Maybe not Pfizer, but the valuation is still attractive. So as I said before, I already own Merck, I already own Abui. 
already own United Health. I would be pretty good with JNJ, Pfizer, maybe not just because of the growth profile, but valuations, sure. So all of these are at very decent values. Rolling the dice, I thought if I had to pick a leverage ETF, let it be cure. So at the start of the year, CURE was trading at, what was it trading at? It was trading at 77. 77 is the starting price. Now two, what was the defining two left, right? So the two stocks that are left in speculative ones, um, well, if you had to think what all defined 2020 in terms of the markets, I would say it was the comeback of SPACs. SPACs literally defined a whole new era of risk-taking markets, companies coming to the markets, and returns. And I've had good returns as well. Um, clearly did not put a lot of capital into SPACs, but percentage-wise have had good returns. So I wanted to pick two SPACs. Now SPACs are a lot about banking on the guy, or guys, as in people, who are running that fund who will decide which companies to merge with. The better people will pick better companies, will have better connections, will get better deals, and will market it well. So it's all about the person, investor, or a group of investors when you're selecting a SPAC. And two smart people, two smart investors I have been respecting and investing alongside with are Chamath Palihapathia and Brad Gertzner. So I wanted to be really grateful, <laughs> I am, that both of these people have a SPAC. Chamath actually has a lot of SPACs. IPOA, IPOB, IPOC, IPOD, IPOE, IPOF. These are so far the SPACs he's done. IPOA was uh, Virgin Galactic, IPOB was Open Door, IPOC was Clover. I have been in B and C. Now he had D, E, and F that are open to the market and um, I selected F just because it is the larger in size so maybe it gets an attractive target. After we picked F we found out that IPOE now merged with SoFi which is great. I love um, the positioning of SoFi and the long-term simplification of um, finances and other credit services so I have actually bought IPOE as well now but that is different not in the etf the etf included is we have picked ipof so now we're making a bet right it's a bet why is it a bet because we don't really know which company is it's merging with being a fundamental investor i like to understand the company what it's doing what's the business what trend is it building on what problem is it solving what are the margins what's the business profile what's the competitive mode what are the projections how bankable is the secular trend and stuff like that but here None of that is known yet because we don't know which company IPOF will merge with. But that's a bet on Chamath. Similarly, the last one, AGC, um, Ultimate Growth Capital. We have its units, which is AGCUU, is from Brad Kurtzner. Now, Brad is an amazing tech investor. His biggest picks have been... Uh, Facebook, Uber, all these names now are pretty well known, but he was in them from the very, very start. And many other names in Pinduoduo, all of the names that are now pretty well known, he had been through very, very beginnings. And I have been following his um, 
his fund and his movements, but now is a shot at making the most out of his deal making. So let's see what he gets out of this deal. But the bet is that he will probably get a good deal. So AGC, now completely honest being here, right? These are speculative bets. We don't know where and what they will buy, but it will probably be in the tech space. Both of these are tech investors. Chamath has been um, moving a little bit into fintech and uh, climate change, so addressing companies. It might be that, but it might still have tech as an underground uh, foundation into solving those problems, like Clover does for healthcare premiums and Medicare. So the starting points of IPOF when we started was $12.30, $12.30, and ultimate growth capital we started at $12.86, so $12.86. So today, two weeks in, the portfolio is up $522. So if you would have invested $10,000 to start with, today it would be $10,522. The total return would be 5.22%. The S&P 500 return in these two weeks has been 1.6%. So the performance delta is outperforming the benchmark by 3.6%. All of this I know has no value two weeks in. Things move pretty fast. It could go pretty negative anytime. You never know. You know, things are volatile. But we'll see how it goes. If you haven't followed yet, get in. Get in now. Get in later whenever the market falls. Or get in whenever one of the picks in this list falls. Or time distribute. But if you have a way to create a basket, if you have a way, like for example, if you're on Robin Hood, as little as a hundred bucks you can put 10 bucks each in all these 10 stocks and you have mimicking the portfolio of the CTF it's a good idea it's a good idea to keep track of the companies um, listening to this podcast hopefully you'll have a little idea of the rationale so the reason I'm doing this is so that if you do start this portfolio you know a little bit about why we're doing this why we're picking this so you can follow along those stories and if you're starting investing, it's great to not only know where you're putting money in, but what's the thesis in like the summary of the thesis so that you can follow along. Because tomorrow, for example, if you don't agree with me saying housing will continue to be great, you swap out lows with something else. And if you want to swap out anything, just reach out to me on any social platform and I can offer substitutes. For example, I got requests such as for someone, SPACs might be too risky, they don't want both, so they may want to substitute it with something else. So there are reasons for that, but the only thing is then you'll not be mimicking the sunny point 2021 ETF. But we don't know if this will really beat the markets yet. And so far, I have had a um, couple observations. So for example, I wrote in the blog as well, one stock that I really wanted to add, but I was not sure if it would increase the risk profile by a lot of the portfolio was Wayfair. I really wanted to add Wayfair at 220s in um, 1st of January. I believe um, it was at 22-23 billion dollars, pretty attractive valuation, but picked Salesforce instead in the growth names because Salesforce was profitable and Wayfair has just become profitable. Not sure how the sustenance yet is of that profitability. So picked Salesforce. Now, 
since last two weeks, Salesforce is down 2% and Wayfair is up 30%. So it's a name I wish I had rather included. But again, those are wishful thoughts. We have picked the 10 and that's the point of this. Never ever before have I been this public about picking some stocks and giving you update maybe monthly on how we are doing. But the point of doing this is it's fun to do and follow along. So no excuse, as little as 100 bucks, spread in these 10 companies, start a Robinhood account or whatever is the easiest for you and follow along. If you have any questions, reach out and hope you have a great 2021. We will continue to follow this. Happy investing. And again, this show is not run on any ads. If you find it helpful, spread the word. Just share it in your social media and tag me in your story or your post. That will mean a lot. We will get the word across to many people, as many as we can, and get them excited about investing. One thing that has come out out of this pandemic is the participation of retail investors, the participation of retail investors in terms of savings, in terms of stocks, brokerage accounts, and speculative investing, but still investing, has been really encouraging, has been really, really encouraging to see so many people getting involved in the markets, to see them understanding things, starting to get the hold of it, and starting to earn some returns and the joy and the knowledge that they gain. So I want as many of you as you can on this. If you want to follow the blog, sunnygoklani.com is the website on which there is a blog link. Sunny Point Investing, the one you're listening to, is the podcast. And Sunny Point 2021 ETF is the portfolio. Start away. Have a great 2021. Let me know if any questions. Share this if you love this. Happy investing. And I will follow along this pretty soon.